This is the Ag Queen Podcast. This podcast explores the agriculture industry with the movers and shakers of those shaping it. Here's your host, Lori Boyer. On the show today is Mark Arnish, a third-generation farmer and owner of Mark Arnish Farms, a diversified row crop and agribusiness operation in Prospect Valley, Colorado. We are going to be talking about some new technology, Mark, that you have been using. But before we get into that, how are things going so far this spring on your farm? The start to this year's season has actually been much improved over what we experienced last year. Our crop is going in the ground on time. The only challenging thing we have right now is our irrigation water supplies are fairly limited, but that seems like that's becoming every year in eastern Colorado. But as a whole, our our farm is in good position right now. Mark, what all do you raise on your operation? You know, I think the last time we spoke, I was growing a lot of sugar beets, a lot of onions, but today we've transitioned into growing seed wheat seed barley, grains for the craft beer and spirits industry. And then we still grow a few feed ingredients for the life sector sector locally. Mark, do you practice no-till or do you use cover crop practices on your farm? You know, we've experimented quite a bit with the cover crop side of things that have back started on our onion acres a number of years ago. We were trying to hold that surface until the onion got large enough that we could terminate that cover crop. But now that we've moved away from a lot of those crops, we really haven't done a lot in the cover crop space because it just takes so much water. Uh, We use a lot of strip till farming. We use a lot of reduced tillage. But our ground has a lot of calcium in it naturally. And we've got to till that soil just a little bit. And then one other question on that, and then we'll talk about technology. Are you getting involved or considering at all any of the the carbon farming type practices and looking into uh, what that might mean as far as carbon credits? We've been in the nutrient carbon credit uh, program for the last two years. Uh, We're looking at a grant opportunity through the Colorado Department of Agriculture as well to try to capture some of carbon sequestration that's naturally going on on our farm anyway. Uh, Unless that management practice makes a lot of sense, we're not going to necessarily adopt it to receive funds, but we're taking care of soil health and that's our number one objective. All right. When you say soil health, what are you doing to... What are you doing to foster that? What are you doing to maintain that and promote that? You know, our soils are alive and we try to do everything we can to keep the mycorrhiza fungi continuing to grow in the soil. Uh, We try to use a number of rotational crops. We reduce our tillage, of course. We try to use probiotics in the soil that help promote that that growth. And and we found that uh, there's some really good products on on the market today. There's some that aren't so good. And trying to sift through the data, trying to sift through the results has really been our biggest challenge so far. But when we get it right, and we've had a chance to get it right a number of times, it certainly rewards the grower. Mark, exactly how does it reward the grower? Well, it's not just crop yields, it's organic matter, it's soil tilth. It's the way that we don't have so many of our nutrients tied up in the soil. Uh, We use a lot of manure and effluent out of one of the local dairies here. And if we found a lot of drag through effects that have really benefited us uh, through that application, you can certainly get that application wrong. Uh, But through time and through experience and through talking to the right people, we've had really good luck here recently. The reason I wanted to talk to you today is that you are using this program. And I tried to do a little research, so I'm looking forward to talking to you about this. Uh, It's called ChatGPT. What is this? 
ChatGPT is a new AI platform that just came to, and when I say AI, I mean artificial intelligence platform that just came into the marketplace here in the last, I'd say, six or eight months. In fact, I didn't know anything about it until our German foreign exchange student that lived with us here about eight or 10 years ago introduced it to me. He was using it for his own small startup business in Berlin, and he was using it to create business plans, to create legal documents, to ask it just bizarre questions off the wall. And he encouraged it, uh, encouraged me to use it. And I did. And I started out, you know, asking it simple questions like uh, write a resume for Mark Arnish or write a biography for Mark Arnish. And it was shocking produced. But then I began to ask it more technical questions, questions that were relative to my farm, uh, to our structure, to some direction we'd like to head in. And Lori, I tell you what, it was nothing short of remarkable, uh, the information that it spit out. Um, It was shocking, it was accurate, and it quite frankly was nothing short of brilliant. This is the first time we've talked about this. Is it a paid for platform? The platform that I'm using currently is a free platform. It's basically like a worldwide beta test, I suspect, They are using people around the globe to perfect their platform. I do know that there's a chat GPT-4. I believe believe that's a paid service. And I've heard in rumblings that there's a chat GPT-5. What I'm using chat GPT-4 today, I don't see the need for the paid service yet. I can tell you that it also learns from you. It's not just a, a search engine. It's so much more than a search engine. It can learn the way you type. It learns your language patterns. It archives certain things that you've asked it before in the past. It works off of some of the the needs and the wants that you have as the user. And that's comforting and scary all at the same time. Yeah, I was just going to say something like that. It reminds me like of a sci-fi movie where robots can take on your personality and become you and do nefarious things and some of those types of movies. Yeah. Actually refer to it as the Terminator here in the office once in a while. So we're cautiously using the product. How's that? Do you have any concerns about what it's hearing? Like right now us talking, you know, people have talked about ads that just pop up out of nowhere. If you're talking about something like Carhartt and all of a sudden ads are popping up, like apps can hear you and, and you're being monitored. Is there any concern from you on that? Of course. You know, I think a lot of farmers in particular think, well, we have nothing to hide. And I would somewhat put myself in that category too, but it's astonishing. Even with some of the Siri platforms or the Alexa platforms, they're always listening. It sometimes makes you wonder, how could this be used to my detriment? But I, I will tell you this too. I've said this before. If, if you are not taking a role or you're not familiar with the use of artificial intelligence, artificial intelligence is going to have interest in you. And so as farmers, as ranchers, those of us involved in agriculture, even if we don't adopt this technology on our farm, we need to be very much aware of its presence. Mark, you said earlier that you have actually used this for your own farm. Can you give me a couple of specific examples as to how you have used it? Yes. Uh, As I became more comfortable with asking it particular questions, I had a very uh, strategic business plan question. I wanted it to create a response for me. Our German foreign exchange 
student uh, had said, hey, look, th this is where I find its value. It's working for me in my small business. Give it a try. And so I asked it a very complex marketing plan, a marketing plan that sur surfaces on our craft grain and spirits business. You know, how can we grow that space? And the direction and the things that it asked me to consider and, and talked about my process in order has been fantastic. We literally went down the checklist of number one, number two, number three, number four, and have implemented that. And thus far, I, the results are very measurable. I want to ask you this too. This sounds very familiar to an article I just read about Snapchat and about AI there and, and people using a tool very similar to this. And it actually, there's a lot of safety concerns on a person on the other end that could actually come and hurt you or stalk you or take your bank account, things like that. Is, mm -hmm. is that a possibility here? You know, I suspect that it might be. I haven't really put myself in a position to, you know, be hacked or be swindled on the other side of these questions. Uh, but I noticed when I asked it to write a biography about myself, it it pulled in information and data that <laughs> just simply doesn't exist. We did this exercise on my wife and it talked about how she was an up and coming real estate agent. She's never spent one second inside that space. And, and so that's a constant reminder as, as good as this technology is and as accurate as some of the responses are, we still have to use our intuition our better judgment to sift through some of the details. I know you've given me examples of you personally and how you've used it. I appreciate that. Do you see other uses for it in the ag industry outside of just what you've done with it? I do. In fact, I'll give you two examples here. The first is a TV news update where Walmart has come out and talked about how they're using an artificial intelligence platform of some kind to do a lot of their purchasing and they talked about the last three months that they've used AI platforms for purchasing, that they reduced their costs by 17%. That's great for the consumer, uh, but it could be a detriment to agriculture. And here's why. Walmart represents a significant portion of the grocery aisle. You know, when people are purchasing groceries nationwide, Walmart is a big part of that space. If they're using this advanced technology and buying commodities and crops from farmers, we're almost at a competitive disadvantage if we're not using similar technology on the other side. I could see platforms like this even in the commodity space. I know we already have electronic trading and sometimes it's almost instantaneous, but imagine the day when artificial intelligence is the predictive analytics that pushes our market in one direction or another. How as farmers do we defend that? Another example I'll give you is with Farmers Business Network. They're talking about releasing a tool here that will help us greatly on the agronomic side. Take a picture in the field of something that you're seeing, and that artificial intelligence will not only identify what's going on in the field, but will provide you some solutions and how to handle it. That's key. That's a 24-7 uh, educated and efficient agronomist in your pocket. Mark, it would seem to me, and I'm asking you based on your experience so far, would ChatGPT be helpful in pulling together precision agriculture data and images and saving some time and helping farmers to make decisions? Laura, you see that exactly how I do. That, that's a great question, and, and that's exactly where my farm is headed. 
we need to graduate from precision agriculture, doing things precise and measuring them and creating all of this data to decision agriculture. How do we decide? As a farmer, that's what I struggle with the most is I have all of this information coming to me. How do I make an intelligent decision? That's the holy grail. Imagine a day when you wake up and you're you're touring your farm, you're looking in the in the field, you're walking the crop, and predictive analytics or artificial intelligence will tell you what's going on in your field and give you three or four solutions which to pick from that day. It's going to be time savings. It's going to give you a high level of delta confidence in that decision. Gosh, imagine how exciting production agriculture will be then. Are you aware of other farmers that are using this right now? You know, the, the Twitterverse is a great place to see this. And uh, of course, you get the, the sarcasm, which is so unique within agriculture about this space. But now you're starting to learn of other farmers and ranchers going, well, hey, wait a minute. This is actually a pretty good tool for this specific use. Or I used it in this situation and it told me that. But where I really see its adoption is in the larger business community, in the, the political circles, and in, and, and certainly within so, some of the social aspects of our day-to-day lives. I can tell you there is a slight lean in some of the information that ChatGPT has told me. And so it's being influenced, it's being programmed, and it's being cultured in a manner that may not resonate with some Americans for sure. That's an interesting point. I hadn't thought about that. And I wonder if there's implications coming down at some point on, you know, we're really worried about agriterrorism, especially with China. Can they get access to this? Would that be a big issue? I'm just throwing that out there. I wonder if that could be a problem. You know, it's certainly not at the forefront of my mind, but from a possibility standpoint, of course. And and we as agriculture, we as uh, Americans, we need to be very in tune with that. You know, sometimes human nature kicks in and you believe just what's in front of you. And I would hate to see a situation where this technology is hacked or taken advantage of to the point where it influences farmers, ranchers, Americans, taxpayers in the wrong direction. And I wonder if there's possibilities, again, I, I know you may not know the answer. I'm just throwing this out there as I'm thinking through this, you know, where you can use your phone to turn on and off a sprinkler or mm-hmm. to unlock your door or do things like that. You know, I'm wondering if there's going to be some sort of connection where you can use this and you can say, hey, you know, turn off my lights in my house or turn on the alarm or go back to all the biometrics that already exist in the marketplace, whether it's your thumbprint or maybe a visual scanner. I think it's going to really have to lean on a lot of that. Uh, type of technology to verify who the user is. Can that system or that platform be compromised? Of course it can, but at least there's some more barriers to prohibit that from happening. All right, Mark, anything else that I haven't asked about or anything else about your experience on using it? Well, I know my staff here at the farm was very skeptical when I first brought this issue up several months ago, and I'm finding that my staff is using this kind of technology more and more. I do believe what I said in the onset as agriculture, we need to be very well aware of this technology because we may be marketing and growing against this technology in other parts of the world. How do you get to it? Do you just Google it? Do you have to download anything? You just bring it up. You can, there's an app, but you can also just bring it up through your browser history, chat GPT, go through a few simple steps. You put in your email address, you put in a password 
And I would suspect you better make your password fairly significant. But then it's simple to use, but just make sure you know the proper cues to get it to produce the information you're looking for. And how do you find those cues? I found a lot of those cues and a lot of the tips to the trade uh, on Twitter, on Facebook. There's a number of uh, cheat codes that they call them that you can use to prompt chat GPT in a certain direction. And know that there's other artificial intelligent platforms out there. I know Microsoft has one. Zoom is coming with one soon that will basically create an agenda, create the minutes of a meeting and, and make your daily life a little bit easier in that regard. So I was told, or I guess I read in the Wall Street Journal that 10,000 AI platforms were released in the month of March alone. So this uh, wave is going to continue coming our direction. Once again, my guest here today, Mark Arnish. He is a third generation farmer and is the owner of Mark Arnish Farms, a diversified row crop and agribusiness operation in Prospect Valley, Colorado. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Ag Queen podcast with your host, Lori Boyer.